Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for August 19. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. In 1979, the historian and social critic Christopher Lash wrote in The Culture of Narcissism, Our society has made lasting friendships, love affairs and marriages increasingly difficult to achieve. Social life has become more and more warlike, and personal relationships have taken the character of combat. The theme of my reflection today is Transformed Relationships in a Troubled World. Before the reflection, there will be a selection from Psalm 51, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Further prayers drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, will be led by Andrew Pearson. Catherine Jacob will bring us a reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and my reflection will follow. Andrew is the Dean, Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine is a member of the ministry team there. Music is also from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardu and Zachary Hicks. Let me now read from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you alone have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence, and blameless when you pass judgment. And in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. And now as we turn to prayer, let's pray as our Lord Jesus Christ has taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. A prayer for this week. God our Father, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding, and pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. Especially we pray for the welfare of your church, that we all may be guided and governed by your good spirit, so that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. 
We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Especially we pray for family, friends, those who are known to us. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen one, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bitterness and anger are the playbook of life around us today. From the bedroom to the corridors of power, from social media to the unrestrained looting in the streets. So how should we respond? Back in 1979, the historian and social critic Christopher Lash published The Culture of Narcissism. There he wrote, Our society has made lasting friendships, love affairs and marriages increasingly difficult to achieve. Social life has become more and more warlike and personal relationships have taken on the character of combat. Even though Lash was writing some 40 years ago, his thesis is still relevant. Driven by changing and conflicting worldviews, society today has become more and more divided. 
For centuries, the Judeo-Christian worldview formed the social bond in the Western world. But these days, the popular view is to throw God out. And because we're now adrift on the ocean of life without an agreed moral compass, persuasive voices appeal to our basic, albeit unthinking, instincts. Profounder, wiser voices of experience that speak to the depths of our souls are drowned out. Indeed, in a recent book, Dr. Greg Sheridan, a respected Australian commentator and author, writes, The primary challenge today is not intellectual, but cultural. For the last 500 years or so, Christian theologians and church leaders have seen the need to address the intellectual questions people were asking. Questions of the existence of God, authenticity, suffering and science and Christianity. But if Sheridan is right, and the challenge now is cultural, we need to ask, how do people see us? Is there any difference in my life and my character from people around me? In the flow of his letter to the Colossians, Paul the Apostle indicates in chapter 3 that changes of character God expects of his people. Last week we touched on examples of inner transformation. Today we touch on transformed relationships. In verse 12 Paul writes, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Paul tells us that if we are to experience and enjoy good relationships, we need to change our attitudes towards others. We need to put off the antisocial vices of indifference and thoughtlessness in our relationships with one another. And he puts his finger on three attitudes that can cause conflict. Instead of compassionate kindness, it's easy to distance ourselves from the pain and suffering of others, especially in this world of COVID-19. Instead of humility and meekness, how easy it is for us to be so focused on our own interests and achievements that we, even unconsciously, look down on others who are not as together. And how easy it is to be impatient with those around us because we're not prepared to put up with their faults or failures. Indifference, pride and impatience can lie at the root of violence and hostility in any human society. Paul continues, Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Let me ask, have you forgiven in your heart and before God that person who so badly hurt you? Have you let bitterness take root in your attitude towards them? If we know God's forgiveness because we have turned to the Lord Jesus in repentance and faith, how can we not forgive those who have offended us? Clara Barton was the founder of the American Red Cross. The story is told of a friend once reminded her of a particularly cruel thing someone had done to her. Clara Barton didn't seem to remember it. Oh, but you must, her friend insisted. No, replied Clara Barton, I distinctly remember forgetting it. Forgive 
as the Lord has forgiven you, Paul exhorts. And put on love, which binds you all together, he continues. He knew how easy it is for God's people, indeed for everyone, to be divided. He understood the corrosive effect of wounded feelings. But he also knew of one quality that can heal and enable God's people to grow into maturity, and that is love. He's not speaking of a sentimental, insipid love, but of a love that is grounded in truth and is committed to serving the very best interests of others. And this is where we, who are God's people, are to be so different from the wider society. For the New Testament is insistent that God's people are to be the one community where the ethics of love and mercy, in serving the best interests of others, prevail. As God's people, we are to pray for our enemies. God expects us to live out the grace of compassion and care for others, especially for one another, as God's people. So how are we to respond to the vindictiveness and divisions around us? The starting point is to pray that we might live out the life changes that the Lord has brought to bear on us as his people. Tertullian, the second century church leader, commented of the way the wider society saw the communities of God's people in his day. It is our care for the helpless, our practice of loving kindness, that brands us in the eyes of many of our opponents, he said. Only look, they say. Look how they love one another. So let me pray. Eternal God and Father, by whose power we are created and by whose love we are redeemed, guide and strengthen us by your Spirit so that we may give ourselves to your service and live this day in love for one another and to you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.